I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to BTW and we're going to drop some PvP knowledge on all you suckers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the BTW Beginner to Winner PvP Podcast. My name is Chris, a.k.a. AstroZombie954. My name is Jacob, a.k.a. Neon Magico. My name is Brad, a.k.a. WildcatDad17. And today is December 20th, uh, another back on our, our Monday morning grind, or Monday evening grind. Um, <laughs> so... Um, at this point, normally we would uh, go over what's going on with the show, but uh, today we have a very, very special guest. Um, you guys know him as the person who literally makes the metas for everything, <laughs> and we just follow them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mr. Caleb Peng, how are you, sir? Hey, thank you all for the warm welcome. I'm doing fantastic. Good, good. Uh, great to be here. Thank you. We appreciate you coming on. Um, so we've got... We got a lighter show than normal um, than you guys are probably used to to, to hearing on uh, our shows. Um, we did get some interesting news about uh, January Community Day, which we'll go over. Um, we'll just kind of wrap up Glacial Cup. Uh, Wildcat's going to go over our uh, Team Rocket Cup a little bit. And then, uh, let's see, we've got this Go Tour um live events that we're going to talk about and then we've got uh questions and answers and an all new effect or crap with wildcat dad so pretty psyched about that um so before we get started um you know we'll go around and ask how's everybody's week let's start with our our guest caleb how was your week it was good um specifically just over the weekend it was really good I was a part of Ghost Stadium's uh, Elite Four Challenge events over the weekend. So they, uh, a lot of the Ghost Stadium members uh, and staff members came to Atlanta, Georgia to host kind of a meetup uh, over the Saturday and Sunday events. And uh, Billy from the Trainer Club was there as well on Saturday to meet some people, uh, which was cool uh, to chat with him as well. And we had kind of four Elite Four uh, members, uh, 
best part of the challenge and they all had different themed teams and people got to battle them and if they beat them then they got to challenge me as the champion and if they beat me then they get uh kind of a bunch of cool prizes they get like a plushie and a box of pokemon cards and stuff like that so it's kind of cool um saturday was unfortunate for us because it was pouring rain and it rains in atlanta like maybe like five days a year and it happened to be one of them uh so it's a little bit harder to get some people but we did uh <laughs> we did uh, when it calmed down yeah we got uh some people to battle with us and then sunday was great we had a lot of people come and battle uh essentially the format was if you lose uh it's it's just it shows six on our end so we show six pokemon but for them they could bring any three so it's blind three on the receiving end Kind of like the main series game in some ways. Like, you know what the Elite Four and the Champion's going to bring. And if you don't, you, you find out and then they're not going to change it up on you. So oh. you can kind of adapt to it a little bit. Um, so, you know, there was like someone with uh, pretty much all dark types, except for a Charmer. Uh, that was Alpha Phoebe. Uh, Jer Honda had a, all shadows. Uh, Enhoff had all grounds. And then uh, Adib Khan had all snake type Pokemon, which is kind <laughs> of a loose term because there was gyarados in there <laughs> um, and uh yeah the, the snakes were he didn't he didn't have electros unfortunately i think that would have uh, been a good one but i don't think he had the resources for that one um but yeah he had an interesting team too and then uh i had just a hard like a full-on try hard team <laughs> and um <laughs> every one of us had to use one of the community day mods related to that uh the community weekend as well so that's, that's awesome. kind of a good way to incorporate the theme yeah that's dope um but yeah so People could challenge all four of them, and they got like a stamp on their card. If they beat them, if they lose, they get to rechallenge them. And then once they beat all four of them, then they could challenge me as many times as they want. Um, but if they lose, usually there was like a line of people, so they're like go back to the line and stuff. Uh, so some people stuck around and just challenged me a couple times too, and then some people uh, played a few times and left, or they beat me and stuff like that too. So, uh, so you actually did have a couple people beat you? Yes, yes. Uh, the, I will say. <laughs> So yeah, so shout out to uh, to Neil Armstrong, who was the only person that beat me on the first time, uh, first attempt. Um, Jorica was the only person to beat me on the second attempt, and then I think we had like maybe two people beat me on the third attempt, and everyone else it was uh, a few more attempts than that. Um, there were awesome. a few that were very persistent too that unfortunately were not able to beat me. Um, but <laughs> sometimes it, it's it's a really interesting meta because. I'm going facing a blind three, but at the same time, I I know they know my six, so there's only so many things they're also going to bring. Like only one person brought a chiefess against me because that was there was only like one positive matchup, so I I kind of predict what they might bring, but at the same time, not really. Um, so one poor guy, I think I faced him maybe eight or nine times. I uh. think I. I hard checked him in like oh, seven man. out of eight, been me. eight or seven out of nine. Yeah, <laughs> he's rushing because like it, it got in his mind too. Oh, you know, he's like, "What did I bring this time?" Like you know, like he brought Bastion the first time, and then all of a sudden I have three things that um, are good against all the Bastion checks next game, and uh, yeah, it was tough for him. But yeah, I, I give him props for the persistence too. Uh, he stayed for a solid few hours too, um, but it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, and getting to kind of meet a lot of people that have been chatting over the internet for, you know, the good like past two years or so was uh, kind of nice as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Dino, how was your week? Um, first of all, I just want to say that I can see like Wildcat's like mind like like working like he has to like, get in ideas from this. It's, it's so awesome. <laughs> uh, but my week was good. Uh, I think uh, Saturday. Uh, 
I got a got like a bunch of good things out of community day, but overall, like I kind of got bored on Sunday by it just because on Saturday, I basically got everything that I needed. Uh, so I, at S- Sunday, I just basically just put the gotcha on and just played it out like that, but nothing too crazy. Uh, nothing like fun, like Caleb, unfortunately, but that would have been dope. I actually had no idea that people were like, a lot of people were actually able to go there. Um, but I did hear about it. I think Artemis mentioned it uh, as well on our Twitter. Um, so yeah, that was dope. I didn't really have much else go on. Just, you know, uh, climb a little bit on GBL. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. What about you, Wildcat? Yeah. I, my week was much more low key than normal. I actually went back to East Kentucky to see family. So with that internet situation, there was not a lot of right. playing happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did manage to get a couple GBL sets in and actually I'm up to 2300 right now. So, you know, not playing a lot this week. A team is working well, but we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Saturday, I agree. I went pretty hard on Saturday. I now have enough candy for my XL Talonflame nice. and enough candy for my XL Machamp. Oh, nice. So I'm still sitting on them, of course, because I'm a cheap guy who uses <laughs> to spin dust and all. But, you know, I have them when I need them. Uh, Sunday, I think I caught four Pokemon. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people were in the same boat as that. Yeah, there was just nothing PvP relevant really on Sunday, so I just didn't feel the need. To, and I hate it because the dust was there, but I just didn't feel like dealing with it. Astro, what about you? I know you you've had an <laughs> interesting week. Uh, so I was sick all weekend. <laughs> oh man, um, I was sick pretty 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 sick. Um, I did just kind of open my phone and leave it like next to my bed as I was falling in and out of sleep with like an incense on and would catch, you know, any fletchlings that popped up. Cause I needed like 20 XL to complete my talent flame. So I was able to do that, but I don't remember any, like I went through my bag today, like the box and I was like, wait, when did I catch this? When the fuck did I catch that? <laughs> <laughs> so right. I must've been catching it in, uh, in, in, uh, sleep, like, uh, sick, sleep, sleep, sick coma or something i don't know (laughs) um sunday i don't think i touched the game at all i was just like i knew i had to work today and we were recording i was like i'm just gonna sleep (laughs) as much as possible i think i took like two l's um in tournaments because i was just like listen i'm not gonna be able to do this these battles so right um but i that was that was pretty much it like nothing nothing fun at all (laughs) a lot of (laughs) a lot of no fun um so before you know we move over to our sylph uh section uh we have a lot of new listeners uh new listeners and new people to the pvp realm so i don't know you know if how but there could be some people who don't know who caleb is um so (laughs) caleb why don't you tell us first um how you got started with with Pokemon, like your Pokemon journey. Right. Absolutely. So uh, I played the first... I, I'm trying to think if I... I think I maybe knew a little bit about Pokemon before I ever played the Game Boy games. Um, but that was pretty early. Uh, I pretty much got the Game Boy games to red and blue uh, and yellow, actually, uh, on the Game Boy Color. Uh, played through those. Um, I was a little too young to really fully understand probably what everything was going on. Um, I think I used like the missing known trick in red and blue and like glitched my Gengar <laughs> to level 99, which um, obviously I wasn't, you know, playing it through the correct way, I think. So yeah. I definitely missed out on some stuff. But I do remember uh, grinding for that Gyarados the first time, which is why it's my favorite Pokemon of all time because 
that magic card to Gyarados grind in red and blue, which is brutal. Yeah. Uh, probably the hardest thing I ever grinded for at that time in my life as a kid. So uh, it's always a memorable experience. Um, played a little bit of silver, and then I pretty much stopped there. Uh, I watched uh, the anime, of course, for a few years. Uh, probably stopped around Generation 2 as well. Uh, and after that, I pretty much never touched uh, any Pokemon games. I, I think I had Pokemon Snap on um, Nintendo 64, and that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, uh, you know, I had a few Pokemon cards as well. But outside of that, I never, I haven't really touched Pokemon until Pokemon Go came out. And I do remember that even when Pokemon Go came out, um, sorry, my cash is in my face. Um, even when Pokemon <laughs> Go came out, uh, I didn't play on day one i think it was a few days to almost a week. i think it was just under a week that i decided to play the game because a lot of people were talking about it and there was a lot of hype at the time and i was just thinking like how good could this be it's just you know it's like a kid's game stuff right. um and <laughs> then i got the game and i was still underwhelmed because i was just in my apartment and i was like uh, there's just like a zubat here or something and that's it and then my friend's like, no, no, you, it's, it's called Pokemon Go because you actually have to go outside and play. I was like, all right, we'll see. <laughs> Next morning, um, I used to work on a college campus. So I lived on campus and it was about like a 10 minute walk to the gym. And on my way to walk to the gym, I was like, whoa, there's actually stuff going on. <laughs> and then that's when I, that's when it started clicking. I'm at, uh, I coach a weightlifting club on, on campus and I'm at the club, uh, supposed to be coaching and lifting and i've seen they're just catching pokemon the whole time <laughs> there's like a pokestop in the gym room and there's That's... a few spawns like every few minutes awesome. and i yeah and i just got i think i got lunch with my friend later that day or e- evening and um she's driving the car i'm like i saw the ar mode on so i'm like pointing the camera <laughs> oh, towards man. the back seat while she's like oh, driving man. i'm in the passenger seat trying to catch this gold bat and you know, it was just tough just to like catch kids like flying around and everything, um, and especially on AR mode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much after that, I just got super into it. Um, and I, th- I think it was maybe a few more days after that, I had to drop my friend off at the train station. And, you know, I was still playing kind of solo for the most part. And I was just thinking, maybe I'll just open Pokemon Go see what's going on. And I look and then it's just first time I saw like a bunch of lures. There was like five or six stops right where I was at. And then I look around and realize that every single person there was playing Pokemon <laughs> Go. Like I, I didn't realize at first, I just thought they were looking at phones, but then everyone was playing. And so I remember just sitting there uh, by myself, but with a bunch of people playing until my phone battery died. I didn't, ha- I didn't, I never used my external battery pack. Uh, my cousin got one for me like years before. And I was like, when am I ever going to use this? And after that, that was like, the best gift I ever gotten yeah. <laughs> um, for easily for like a solid years, a few years. But um, yeah, I played till my phone died. I got home. My friend's like, did you make it back? Okay. Cause you dropped me off at the train station like a few hours ago. I was like, Oh yeah. Sorry. My phone died. <laughs> I was just playing Pokemon <laughs> go for the past few hours. Um, but yeah, uh, after that, I pretty much never stopped um, for me. There definitely was kind of a lull in the game. I think for everyone after the first few months, uh, and almost up to until raids came out, there was a solid lull. Um, I think after like the Halloween event, maybe uh, the holiday event as well of 2016. Uh, but I'm just one of those people that usually in my friend groups, I'm kind of like the last person to quit something. Uh, so I'll just be super invested in it. And then um, eventually no one's playing the game anymore. I was like, all right, I guess, guess I'll give it up. So that's kind of how I stuck with Pokemon Go. And uh, luckily, you know, I picked back up. 
and then they added PvP. And um, a lot of the people that I met through raiding was actually a great experience too, because before we were just kind of on our solo grind, or we had like grind spots in Atlanta, but um, you're not sometimes you're not really talking to them. You're just you know in the same general area playing, because right. uh, you already have some of your friend groups. Uh, but I met a lot of people through the raid uh, aspect, and um, one of my really good friends I met uh, through raiding, uh, who also uh, was a PhD student at the time at the university I was working at. Um, his name's Palmer's up. Um, some of you might know him, but uh, he's a local mine and we used to raid together and stuff. And uh, both of us, as well as one of our other friends, really got into PvP the moment it dropped. I think that was kind of the competitive aspect of the game that we're always looking for, uh, kind of like the end game. Right. Uh, I think Trainer Chips once mentioned. And there re- really wasn't an end game aspect beforehand besides, you know, just amassing XP. And uh, yeah, so ever since it dropped, uh, we would just scrim with each other and stuff. Uh, we actually built a bunch of Ultra League Pokemon right off the bat, so we thought that's where like the competitive <laughs> scene was. But then Sylph dropped, and we realized you know that was probably a poor investment, on our end, and we started doing Great League. Uh, and then yeah, we played ever since. Uh, we played in a tournament like a beta tournament before Sylph's first tournament, oh. and then played Boulder Cup. Um, and uh, Boulder Cup actually went really well for me. I I, w- I swept it six and zero running. Um, pretty much ABB lines. Uh, it was um, I had two Skarmories, three Mud Boys, and a Magneton that I never even used because I didn't have the legacy. I just used it as Ben pressure, so I just brought two Mud Boys and a Skarmory game one, and two Skarmories and a Mud Boy game two, <laughs> just to bait <laughs> out the grass. And um, yeah, so uh, a lot of people credit me for ABB lines, but I always tell them I didn't make it. But Palmer's just like, no, you technically also were one of the first people to run ABB back in the day too. So. Um, but yeah, and then we played through Sylph Season 1. Uh, my earliest claim to fame was uh, we had a Sylph Regionals tournament, uh, the first one ever, and uh, I ran a Lugia and swept that to make it to Worlds that year. Um, I think I also I peaked at number two in the rankings as well right after that tournament too. Um, and so that got me a lot of notoriety because uh, I finally made my first YouTube video. Again, it was also uh, in kind of like... Uh, a joking back and forth with my friend Palmer's who said that Lugia would not work. So I was like, all right, what if I screen record my battles for first time and see how it goes? And if I sweep this, I'll make a YouTube video. He's like, okay, like prove me wrong. And um, <laughs> we see how that worked out. So the uh, rest is history. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, but he's super supportive too. And we're really good friends. And, um, and uh, yeah, after that, uh, you know, I started making videos about like once a month or so for the Sylph Cups. And then GBL really put PvP on the map, in my opinion, just because it made it accessible and uh, pretty much helped market PvP to everyone that never touched it beforehand because uh, Sylph was a very small community before. Um, and uh, yeah, and I made some some team with a Skarmory and two Grass Pokemon as well. <laughs> and uh, that kind of put me further on the map. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. So I know you've gotten into Unite a little bit. You're, I've yes. seen you stream it here and there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Has, has Pokemon Go got you back into the main series at all? Or are you still kind of not looking at those those as interaction points? Yeah, that's a, yes, definitely been playing Unite. Uh, there's a lot of nights where we're playing and we're, I'm not streaming as well, just because... Uh, I don't know. I'm just like, man, people are going to think I'm playing Unite all day long, which sometimes is true. <laughs> but um, yeah, for... Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of people do ask me about the main series game. So, uh, again, I stopped at Silver, and this wasn't even like Soul Silver. It was original Silver. So, uh, abilities um, and a bunch of different things. I just, it's complete foreign to me. 
Um, and I definitely didn't understand what IVs were back then either and EVs and all those things. So uh, there's a lot that probably happened in those games that I didn't know about either. Uh, so for me, I haven't touched the main series games yet. Um, it, I'm trying to figure out like finding the time for it. I think it, it, it's definitely a good time for content purposes, for especially for those streaming. Uh, but for me, I don't, I don't always, uh, you know, play games just for content purposes. Um, and I think there's just a lot to learn. It's a, and I think it's a little overwhelming thinking about that. And I'm also the kind of person that if I were to do something, uh, I definitely want to do it well. So I'd probably just deep dive into it and then I just not even play Pokemon Go for a while if I were uh, to be <laughs> honest about it, just to figure that out. Um, you'll spend the rest of your days riding in circles, hatching eggs. Yeah. <laughs> that's the main series <laughs> yep. game competitive scene. You ride mm-hmm. in circles and you hatch eggs. Yeah. One of my friends was telling me about how, how much time he spent back in the day, just breeding Pokemon <laughs> just endlessly. <laughs> um, just try to get like different combinations, all this stuff. And um, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely think I'd probably enjoy it. Um, I just, uh, I need to figure out the best way to just dive into it. Um, cause there's, there's a lot for me to learn <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, but definitely looks, uh, looks pretty fun though. Um, especially looking at some people playing it on uh, Twitch and stuff. Yeah. I think this new one that's coming out next, next month, Legends Arceus, I think that would be just over a month away. I am so excited. That one looks like it'll be, it'll be part of the main series, right? It's part of the main series, but it's going to be like different than what we're used to it's kind of a side series yeah yeah that probably would be a little bit more palatable for me just because uh it would be new for pretty much everyone else in some way shape or form as well so um and unless they just started off like super advanced i think you know because it's a slightly different kind of genre uh there might be a little bit less to learn right off the bat so uh that could be nice. So yeah, I'm definitely looking into that because I know Zionic's super hyped about that too. So I'm sure he's going to try to pull me into playing with him as well. <laughs> and you get a new a new type, a ghost normal. Yeah, how old is that, that. going to be? Yeah, I did hear I did hear stories about that too. So that's going <laughs> to be exciting for sure. That's awesome. Um, all right, so I guess um, let's go ahead and get the show started. Let's go over to the Sylph Arena and kind of wrap up uh, Glacier Cup here. So, like I said, uh, we're wrap- coming up to the end of the year. I think everyone's pretty much wrapping up any of the extended tournaments. I think what in the BTW Discord, I think we've got, like, what, one more round? We're still two rounds from okay, being two finished. Rounds. We're really behind. <laughs> that now. was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. You guys were nice enough to extend it out there. But um, everyone was probably trying to wrap up before Christmas, I would assume. Um, but uh, I know for me... Uh, <laughs> I made a massive rookie mistake and I signed up for all of my tournaments at the same time and literally just put in the same team for everything. And which is what I would do, but it was a team that I had practiced with like one time with wildcat <laughs> and it had like Galarian Rapidash and this, like it had all kinds of crazy shit all over it. <laughs> and I, I actually forgot to change like two of them. So now I'm just stuck with it. 
So, so it hasn't been, it's been pretty rough. It's been a rough, uh, rough tournament. Um, but besides that, um, so Caleb, you obviously started with, with Sylph, like you said. Um, so when they announced, well, first, let me ask you this. How did you feel about like the, like, um, what was it? What was this last cup? The, the brawler cup, adventure, adventure, like some of those slots or slot type cups or um, mm-hmm. point system cups. How do you feel about yeah. those? Um, some of them definitely can be a little tricky. I think adventure was the last one we had last season with. Uh, I think regionals meta as well. Uh, I think there was a particular core of Lickitung and Dias defense that was very strong. And both of those mods are kind of hard to acquire. It was before Deoxys was back in raids. So if you never had one before, there's literally no way you could get it. And uh, Lickitung's definitely a heavy XL investment for most people, um, even if you invest in the hundo too. So yeah, definitely sometimes it can be a little bit uh, unbalanced. But, you know, speaking of just this season, uh, I think this season the metas all have been pretty solid. And Brawler uh, is probably my favorite out of, uh, all of them this season uh, a lot of variety and you know it, it was interesting because they're kind of weight class based uh, as the way they describe the different slots but there's some really bulky things in the lightweight classes and so yeah. i purposely built a team that was pretty much the bulkiest of all those different categories uh, my strategy was really you know there's certain pokemon that are good in general in gbl but when you ban some of the top meta bulky mons like Azu and Chifisk, um, and uh, I think Altarius ban things like that, uh, you end up having those, you know, slightly bulkier to bulky mons and that are still sometimes viable in GBL, be even more viable in limited metas. Things like Diggersby, Lapras, you know, Tropius, stuff like that. So uh, I really, uh, those are, actually those are three of the ones I had in my team too. But you know, those are uh, what I really built my team around which was a lot of fun um but i liked it a lot um you know glacial is a little different as well too not my favorites uh i, I kind of did the same thing as you astro i so i practiced <laughs> maybe once with some of my patrons and some of our uh weekly scrims and then i locked in the same team three times uh and uh it wasn't until i faced my first polyrath i realized i don't have a single thing that beats polyrath on my team uh, i have a mirror i have a wish cache it's, not that great and have a drapion and most people probably use their polyrath as the drapion counter so uh there's that um but uh i was just like yeah i gotta figure out how to play around this at this point because i'm not going to sign up for anymore yeah um i i forgot to bring a beedrill counter <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah luckily those aren't super common but the ones you run into probably are having the time of their lives yeah i i had it on now through four different tournaments, I've used it twice, and both times it has been the MVP when I've actually brought it out. It just doesn't have a lot of matchups, but when it when it hits, it hits hard. I love I loved my Beedrill. Yeah, it won me my a tie in the PGR that, Cup. Actually. That's kind of that's kind of why I brought it in. Uh, you know, considering that I made my team and had no practice at all, I made the team in like I think was it thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, <laughs> and I think I lost one so far in the tournament that we have. So uh, I'm very surprised. Like for me right now, like I feel like uh, Obama Snow has been my MVP for like all my my matches, and actually I didn't think that I was gonna use it too much. I don't know why, just because like I haven't practiced, so I, w- I didn't know what would be good or not. Um, actually, surprisingly, I haven't used. I think I only used Beedrill once. Uh, so I was very surprised by that. 
you're a bad person running triple eyes. I don't like <laughs> oh, you anymore. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think I swept you, right? <laughs> That's awesome. My uh I had no triple eyes counter. This is correct. My MVP <laughs> besides Quagsire, surprisingly, uh was Crawdunt. Crawdunt. Um yeah. I would lead with it and it has no like defense whatsoever. It like no, not, not even the all. things it resists, <laughs> it still like gets hit almost dies. But it builds to those night slashes and crab hammer uh so incredibly quick and that crab hammer does does some damage. Yeah. So that was that was fun to roll out. Um Galarian Rapidash is spammy, but man, that thing is not very good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was it just wasn't it wasn't very good. Um so when um so we've got like what a month off, right? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. during the this time off is when we like to ramp up like our custom metas in the in the Discord. Uh, so we're actually running one starting, I think it starts the day after Christmas, right? The 26th? Starts on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, and it is the Team Rocket Strikes Back Cup. Um, so we're going to give you kind of like the details behind it. Um, I'm going to let Wildcat do it because I'm going to fuck it up if I <laughs> if I do it. <laughs> so, so this is definitely the brainchild of our wonderful admin, Seagull. So this is the thing he's been toying with and me and him some bouncing off and trying to limit it as much as possible. So to start with, you pick three shadow Pokemon. Of course, we can't go with no bands. So right out of the gate for the shadow Pokemon, bug, fairy, dragon, dark, psychic, and fighting are straight out banned. Megas, of course, as well. Also, Electrifier, Politoed, Swampert, Skarmory, Zapdos, that just for you, Astro. I did it just for you. And right. Obama Snow. It hurt my soul. So that means <laughs> anything that, that wasn't on that list is free game pick three. So things like Ninetales, Lapras is out there. So there's some still some really good Shadow Mons that you may not think about using all the time. Then we go into the non-Shadow slots. <clears throat> so first off, you can pick a Dark Pokemon. And there is an extensive list of bands here. So no bug, fairy, dragon, mega, no shadow, of course. Uh, and then the rest of the list of bands is out there. I'm not going to go through them all because it's fairly extensive. Next, you pick a psychic Pokemon. Same bands. Very extensive list of bands as well. And then you have to pick a fighting Pokemon with the same bands and a very extensive list. So now you're getting three shadows, three normals that are kind of a triangle for themselves. It's going to be a really fun cup. Um, I actually have built a team. It is not a very good team, but it cost me zero dust to build. I, I don't know if I have anything for this the shadow part. <laughs> you banned yeah, all my shadow Pokemon. I haven't even tried, so uh, I'll probably do it like the last 30 minutes like always. I, I, I have the Ninetales and the Lapras, and then I'm not going to mention the third here, but I have two more that I could choose from. That are pre-built. Nice. Yeah. The ones so. the ones that I have that are eligible, I haven't had a chance to TM frustration away. So <laughs> So so my question is who's gonna be the tryhard that brings XL Volaby since it's not banned? I've got enough XL uh, candy to do it. Nope, I don't. <laughs> don't. Make a Mandy Buzz, don't make a Volaby. Don't be that guy. <laughs> what you could do is make the Volby now and then evolve it to Mandy Buzz later. So that's what I did. 
this past uh, <laughs> Continentals. Because uh, I will say, though, uh, Volby does look very good in this meta. At the same time, Volby is definitely no mana bus. It, it was a little underwhelming when I used it for Continentals. I was double shielding uh, my Volby against a Hitmon top at one point. And it's got Air Slash too, so it's not even running Snarl. But when you got Brave Bird, it's kind of hard to throw it. Uh, yeah. Very easily at times, especially if they shield. But full beat looks looks very good. And I will say, if it doesn't pan out, Ultra League uh, maxed out Mana Buzz is very strong. So that's always an investment that will yeah. work out better. But And it'll fit very well with my triple dark team that I run in Ultra. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yep. there you go. So, All right. Uh, so last day to sign up for that is, what, the 26th at what time? Like 7, 8 o'clock at night? 7, 8 o'clock, yep. yeah, something like that. Yeah um so uh check our discord for that um we'll give everybody reminders closer to that time um so yeah uh so that's pretty much it um for you know what's going on with sylph so let's go ahead let's move over to the in-game news um and kind of bust through that real quick So, um, let's see. First thing we got here is the uh, Go Tour live event. Um, so the locations, and this is for what the Canto Cup, Canto Tour. It'll be the Canto portion of the Johto Tour. Canto portion of the Johto Tour. Yes. Okay. I won't remember that. <laughs> so everyone else does. Uh, <laughs> so the cities that uh, they announced. Oh, man, why do you got to put these names in here for me? <laughs> Um, Monterey, Mexico, uh, Kaiusung, Taiwan, Abu Dhabi. I'm not going to try it. Abu Dhabi, what is that? United. Why do you got to put these things in there? (laughs) Why do you got to put the (laughs) acronym in there? (laughs) How do you not know what UAE is? (laughs) I I don't know. I don't pay attention. I was, listen, remember, we, me and Dino are from South Florida. Our education system isn't the greatest down here. Exactly. (laughs) And I don't think I took, I don't think I took like geography. I think I took it in like middle school. We didn't take it in history class. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah. Um, so they're gonna do kind of what like a GoFest type thing, uh, with like the real world uh, themed habitats, each with their own collection challenges. Um, and see, you'll be able to complete up to six special trades during the event hours of six a.m. to six p.m. local time, and then you'll be able to access event exclusive research. Is this just for the people attending? This is an only in-person event. So, so if you can't get to one of those three cities, sorry. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in here that you can get if you can go. I can't go to any of these. So You mean we the BTW fund does not have tickets to um, Abu Dhabi in it? No. Come on. <laughs> no. The closest one would be Mexico and... I don't know. I don't know if me, Dino, could get in and out <laughs> safely. <laughs> 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 so um there's a bunch of stuff this looks really cool um i hope this is something that they start doing more often 
um, with more events in more locations. Like I'm pretty sure they're picking these as like beta testing sites um, for it, but I think it's really cool. I think it's something that like if they had one, you know, in Florida or even, even in Georgia, like I would probably drive. It's not that far to, to Atlanta from where we are. So um, definitely something I would do um, on the, the Pokemon go blog. You can look uh, for all the most, you know, all the other details. Um, and then the exciting thing that came out was today, actually um, this morning or this afternoon, they announced January's community day. So community day for January is January 16th. And our community day Pokemon is Sfeel. Sfeel? Did I say it right? Sfeel. <laughs> yes. Sfeel. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the round, the round seal looking thing. Um, you probably been the poor seeing... thing with no neck that they gave a scarf to. Yeah. That's so crazy. I, so... I just realized that. <laughs> It's so funny. Like I see it. It's so big on your screen too. And it's just like rolling all over the place. Um, How's that go go again? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, so this is, this is cool. Um, It is, I feel like one, another one of those PVP focused community days that we've kind of been seeing them do um, over the past couple of months. So with this, uh, obviously, we're going to get the shiny, but that's already been out. And I think the reason why no one's really like bitching about the fact that they're recycling a shiny is because of the moves that Walrin is going to get. And if you evolve um, your Sfeel all the way to Walrin, it's going to learn the fast move Powder Snow and the charge attack, which is new, called Icicle Spear. Um, so Icicle Spear, according to the blog, it says, uh, Icicle Spear is making its Pokemon Go debut. This low energy charge attack will be sure to make Walrin shine. Um, so for trainer battles, it's going to be 60 damage, gym and raids, 60 damage. Um, did we, so what do you think? We think 40 energy, 40. I'm not good with this stuff. Maybe Caleb. Caleb, you, you were probably the best here. What do you think? Like, Caleb, put him on the spot. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, if it's something as good as the current weather ball, that's nice. Um, I think it was something as good as the old weather ball before the nerf, uh, even better. Um, but it's definitely going to be really solid unless it's got to be something, especially because they say, you know, something low energy, so that might be good. Um, if it's something higher energy, then it's kind of a waste. Um, but based on you know all potential options that are reasonable, I think it's going to be very solid, especially with Powder Snow. Um, someone mentioned it a little bit earlier today in one of my patron channels too, but there's pretty much only two things that would wall off a Powder Snow, uh, Icicle Sphere, and Earthquake combo with Wall Ring, and that's Surskit and uh, Frostmoth in Gen 8. Uh, other than that, I mean, I don't know how often we see Surskits in battle, um, there's nothing that walls up that entire moveset, <laughs> hmm. uh, which makes it very strong um, as a safe swap, uh, as many things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, I wish I knew about this ahead of time because then I would have been way more excited for those uh, Shadow Seal encounters yeah. and Shadow <laughs> right? Stops. I, I think I've definitely run away from quite a few uh, when I realized it wasn't a Shadow Snowbird. I was like, eh, it's useless. <laughs> but, um, 
But looking back, I, I think, wish it did a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, I think it was like everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Oh, what's worse? I caught the rank 16 Walren fully evolved already. Oh. Oh, oh, it's already evolved. Yeah, it's oh. already evolved all the way up to Walren. Yeah. So you're going to have to catch it like that. Elite. It was during one of the events. Christmas, I think it was Christmas oh, wow. last year. Or two years ago, maybe. So I'm going to have to double TM it. Oh, it's going to hurt, Ooh. but it's worth it, I think. Yeah, the double TM. So There's I, some play with Waterfall, but I think uh, Patrick Snow is definitely better overall. So I beat you. <laughs> I have the, the big the big debate in the Discord has been is this going to be a 35 or a 40 energy? So are we talking is it going to be ice punch or weather ball? And I, I tend to go ice punch. I think they're not going to go that OP as what the OG weather ball was. Yeah, so I, think I agree. They'll try to balance it and make it more damage than ice punch, but the same energy. Yeah. Which still makes it a really good money <laughs> either way. I think they, so I will say the optimistic side of me is thinking it's possible it is as good as the old weather ball uh, because it's an exclusive move just for wall ring at the moment. There are other things that can learn this, but this means that they could kind of control exactly what learns it. So I think that was the unfortunate part about the weather ball nerf is it hurt a lot of things that uh, what the old weather ball stats we're perfectly balanced in my opinion. So Pelper is like one of those. I think Pelper, well, the ball is fine on it. Uh, now it's kind of much hard to play because it doesn't even beat Chiefus in the zero shields. Uh, just does a lot less damage. And a lot of times when you need that extra little bit of damage, um, but they really need to check stuff like Politoed and uh, probably Abomasnow to a degree as well as Alone Ninetales. So it kind of affects all of them all at once. But for Wall Rain, you know, you have complete control over just this one specific Pokemon and uh, Niantic developers have options to slowly roll it out to the other things if they choose to. So, And Walrein, as good as it is, is also not really uh, a, you know, a heavy XL mod in Ultra League and stuff too, so it won't have the same bulk as something like, like a Jellicent or something like that. So I'm optimistic, but we'll see. I guess we'll see in a month or so. Have you actually taken a look to see what else can learn it in the main series? Uh, I did not. Uh, I had a few friends that looked into it, and they started listing a bunch of stuff. I can't recall. There were, yeah, there's head, a lot. There, there's a lot. Yes, yeah. Alolan Sand Slash Cloister. Ooh, Frost the Sand Slash is a good too. one. Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Frost Slash yeah. learns it. Galay learns it. Obama Snow can learn it. Galay's an interesting uh, one. Uh, just trying to think through here. Then a bunch of stuff in the ne- new gen. Uh. Swine up line learns it. Oh, that would be very scary, actually. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Give 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 something better to Mamos Wine than Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that could no. be real scary for Master League. Yeah, especially with the typing it has too. It's mm-hmm. yeah, that's very strong. Um, Did we what, um? What is it? What is the stats on Walrin? Do we have that? Yeah, give me just a second yeah. to pull them back up. So, um, because I think I think this is one that gets into Master League level, right? It can get into Master League level. So Walrein, uh, in great, we'll cover Great League first. <clears throat> 113 attack, so pretty solid attack. 114 defense, once again, fairly solid. 153 stamina. Hmm. This thing is a tank that can actually somewhat pack a punch with it. Hmm. And that's without XL. That's the be- the highest level you can even get up to is 22. So no XL there. Going over to Ultra League, once again, no XL required for Wall Rain and Ultra League even. Um, stats are going to be 146 attack, 147 defense, 197 stamina. Hmm. So this defeats Lapras. 
straight up is a better Ultra League Pokemon than Lapras. And we know how powerful Lapras can be, especially in some of the more restrictive metas. Master League, once you get this thing up to XL, 165, 160, 215 with a max CP. Uh, Where is the max CP? I cannot find the max CP right now. But it gets up to that level. I mean, you're talking a, a huge stat total there at level 50. Yeah. So this, like Swampert, can actually play in all three leagues. Hmm. Interesting. So you said better than Lapras, and I instantly looked down to Caleb just to see his face when you say it's better than Lapras. Yeah. So there, I think overall it is better than Lapras. There's a few matchups where Lapras is probably a little bit better against, uh, specifically the Townflame one, uh, which Townflame is very, very strong in general, but especially strong in Ultra League. Uh, so that is one. So, the, so it's not a complete, uh, it doesn't completely make Lapras, I guess, obsolete, but it, I think overall it's going to have a lot more utility, uh, especially in a meta right now where there's a bunch of Trevenants as well. Uh, and Lapras, uh, you kind of need to have uh, Ice Beam landed or really have shields up to kind of even have play against Trev there. Um, but yeah, this is going to make a Trev much harder to play as well. But might be good because then you got more people playing Kofor Grigas again. Kofor Grigas kind of had only like a brief moment to shine before Trev dropped uh, in Ultra League. Do you think this is somewhat in response to the popularity of Treviant? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think there were a lot of people that's, uh, that were pushing for Wall Ring to have a community for a while. I don't know if you all know Jingles21, uh, but he, he was definitely pushing for it because I think well, he also has a good rank Shadow one. I won't say what rank it is, but it's in the top five range, so you can narrow down quite a bit. Nice. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, and I think uh, it just Wall Ring no one's ever used wall ring for anything really to to my knowledge i've never seen one in battle i don't even know what it looks like on the battle screen actually um <laughs> but uh yeah i i think it might have it might have been an idea in the works even before trev but uh especially with trev these days it's a nice little check which is uh which is good i think it's um uh it's a good addition for uh, especially the ultra league meta uh, but great league as well especially for some of those silk cups nice so basically what you're saying is my rank one for Ultra League. Go ahead and get that ready and have my oh, TM definitely. saved. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would totally <laughs> I would totally do that. And if you can find another good Ultra League one uh during community day, build that as well. Cause I think the play would probably be sometimes have waterfall and sometimes have powder snow for uh maybe some more specific metas. I think powder snow is probably best overall, but there might be some metas where Waterfall is good, and uh, you'll definitely want it as well. It's kind of like a Rose Raid. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everyone thought Bolsey was good, and then all of a sudden they buffed Poison Jab, or Poison Jab had play. And then now you're like, <laughs> who thought to make more than one Rose Raid, right, for community? I, no. I did not, at least. No. And uh, I was struggling with my one Rose Raid with um, a non-optimal moveset. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So do we think, um, do you guys think this is going to be more of a Ultra League Pokemon opposed to Great League, or do you think you're going to see a, a, a good amount of it in both? I think you'll see a good amount in both, to be honest. And now my question would be like, would it be like meta breaking once it comes out or no? I don't think it'll be meta breaking because Talonflame is still so popular. I think Talonflame keeps it in check pretty well. It will actually do some work, in my opinion, and to shake up the Master League meta a little bit because now you're going to have a true hard counter to Groudon out there. 
that can also carry a punch against things like Dialga. So I think it could shake up Master League meta even more than it would the Ultra League, in my opinion. I don't know, Caleb, do you agree there? Um, I, I, I haven't looked too much into Master League, so I can't really comment on that specific one. Um, I think for Ultra League, it definitely... Uh, Ultra League also looks like one of the clear ones it, it could shake up. Uh, I think Great League is a little bit harder to tell. In Open Great League, it might be a little hard to use, but you know you still got the GFIS that's taking neutral from the Ice types too. Um, you know, the occasional Bastion is not great, but you have Earthquake, so that's um, you do have that option. Uh, but Great League also has probably the most amount of limited metas, both between Sylph and GBL. So um, I think Great League is the one where like, we don't really know exactly how good it's going to be, but I would, wouldn't be surprised at all if it becomes really relevant in some metas down the road. So this is, this is definitely one of those Pokemon you're going to want to have one in each, each level and then probably more than one of each. Yeah, 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 and I I mentioned too the Ultra League. Uh, I would say Ultra League, but as well as Great League as well. Um, is uh, I don't know if you all participate in Soul Factions, uh, mm-hmm. the team format, and uh, for those that do, they'll know that you can TM your Pokemon uh, once you see your opponent's teams. Uh, so you don't have to run the same exact move set all the way through. You don't have to run the same team all the way through the entire tournament. Uh, every time you have a new opponent, you could change out your team and change out your move sets. And the main thing is you had to register the CP ahead of time. So if you find another rank one Ultra League one, if you're the Ultra League specialist, that could be really helpful because you don't have to. Um, so, uh, so a little spoiler for my future opponents. Um, <laughs> I have two Cresselia at the same exact CP in Ultra League because I play the Ultra League slot. And uh, it took a while because I kept trading for it just to get that. You know, it's it's kind of an investment to even just find one. But uh, I have one with Grass Knot and one without. So that, you know, I, I face opponents where I'm like, yeah, they probably didn't make two. So you already <laughs> know, like, the Venus where you bring into their crest is not going to have future set, you know, in most situations because they need a Moonblast against my team. Yeah. Uh, but I've definitely surprised a few opponents with some, you know, uh, Grass not future side combos, um, or or uh, future side moonblast combos, really, because uh, that's the one where people don't expect because they think grass not is so good in the meta, which it is. Um, but having the same exact CP one allows you that interchangeability without dropping elite TMs every other week, essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make multiple, in my opinion, make multiple of the same CP if you play factions <laughs> as well, because that could that could come in really handy. That, that's uh that's some good advice there. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> so I know it, it just came out. Does it, anybody have any, like anything that they've seen, like just recently that they want to go over about this or we, we pretty much said everything until it comes out. I think, yeah, I think we said everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yep. So that's it for the in-game news. I told you guys that this was going to be a shorter episode. <laughs> You, you you always say that, and then we get to the questions. It's, it's, it's the like question part. It's the question <laughs> part that, like, Kale's probably like, "Man, we're almost done with the show. Wait till you get to the questions." <laughs> that's where it's that's where it gets uh, tricky. There. Um, all right, so then let's go ahead. Let's move over to the GBL section. Fight. So uh, we've got one more week left of Ultra League, Ultra League Remix, and then 
the holiday cup is still going to run through master league, right? Is that right? Yep. Uh, until January the, or 31st. January 1st, I think it ends. Okay. Yeah, this, or 31st. The 31st like is the 31st it ends. So you get 10 days of master league and master league premiere only. Hmm. Definitely not excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so and then on the 27th, it's going to switch over to Master League, Master League Premier, and then the Holiday Cup, which means I've got to get better at Holiday Cup in the next week <laughs> because I won't have Ultra to play in anymore. Um, so let's see. Uh, so let's go. Um, let's go around the table and see how everyone's um, GBL week has been going. Uh, let's start with our guest, Caleb. How's how's your week been with GBL? Yeah, uh, I haven't played a ton, um, but uh, for the few days I did, um, I don't usually talk about my teams until I release them on YouTube. But I'll do. Mm-hmm. I'll drop a little uh, extra surprise <laughs> for for your listeners. Ooh, uh, nice. Uh, but uh, I've been so I've been playing some holiday, and I've been running Frostloss with a Diggersby in most situations. That's my safe swap, and then a Lantern in the back. Lantern's just running Spark, uh, not Water Gun. Um, but uh, the big aspect of this one is I'm running a digger speed with hyper beam on it. Um, <laughs> as I say, swap to a lot of people bring in Altaria. Um, they bring in Talonflame. Uh, and when you land that hyper beam on Talonflames, which most of them don't shield because they're expecting either Earthquake or Fire Punch, uh, you pretty much put it in almost Fire Punch range. And, um, you know, they can't really take you out with one Flame Charger Brave Bird. So yeah. uh, they need to start shielding or you can flip that matchup really easily. Um, and obviously you have to lantern the back to check if you need to, and Frost is still does neutral there. Um, so yeah, so been winning a lot of games actually with it. Uh, some of my patrons have as well who have early access to the teams, and um, yeah. So if you if you start seeing a Diggersby say swap from Frostless League, just, just watch out for the high beam. I've had someone <laughs> pop left on me, two shields remaining, wow. and uh, it was my Diggersby versus their Alolan Marowak, and they top left. Thinking, you know, this guy's just going straight earthquake and take me out. And I actually got nervous when I saw a little Marowak. I was like, oh, this is, they now wall everything, all of my movesets except for these mud shots. Yeah. But uh, they quit out. And a few of my patrons have mentioned that too. They're like, it's it's like one of the funniest moments when they see the the top left when the little Marowaks come out. Because I'm like, yeah, I actually could probably win that. <laughs> In, especially if you have the shield advantage on the little Marowak side. But um, a lot of people just don't realize it and they, they back out. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, awesome. it's interesting. But. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I feel like I probably faced one of your patrons because I, I saw a safe swap of Diggersby with Hyperbeam. Mm-hmm. And yep. I was like, I didn't know what to do because my team is not that great against uh, Diggersby uh, safe swap. So I was just like, I had no idea what to do. Yeah, I it's, was it's just... a very bulky one that you can usually grab shields from because, uh, you know, the moveset coverage is nice. And then pretty much all the counter users are taking neutral still from everything. Um, and they're non-stab counters, so uh, it's, it's very strong, I think, in this meta. So what you're saying is I should actually drop 400,000 dust to <laughs> finally build my Diggers B I've been holding on to? Uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, in the past, like, between this and uh, Brawler Cup has really been the first times ever I've ever used Diggers B in, uh, in a relevant way. Um, I'll say it's up to you, but I think beforehand, Diggers B was quite underwhelming because, especially that Altari matchup, um, it was like the old crowd on pre- dragon tail buff against um like a dragonite master league it was just that was just like such a one-sided match but uh yeah surprise a few people at hyper beam and i think you'll you'll find it a worthy investment interesting so during like a two-week 
period, you know, going, you know, from great league two weeks and ultra league two weeks and then whatever, how often, how often do you switch your teams? Like in, on our show, like Dino and everyone, they preach, you know, obviously you're a content creator. So this statement probably doesn't apply too much to you, but it's, you know, get comfortable with your team, know your team. Don't Mm -hmm. be switching your team every single day or like whatever, but how how long do you play with a team before you switch? Yeah, that's a great question. I probably am a little bit different than most content creators in that regard. And I actually do stick with pretty much the same team once I've found one that works well. Um, it, the difficult, the hardest part of, for me personally is not even uh, playing the same one and you know having meta changes and stuff. It's more so once I drop a YouTube video on it, uh, a lot of people start recognizing the team and know how to play around it. They'll do things that they're not usually supposed to do. You know, they'll like, I don't know, bring like a Bastion into my obstacle knowing that like it has even less play in the back against like a Medicham or something. Um, so, you know, some of those things will happen and it, it's hard to, sometimes if you see different team comps, like you see like Frost Sass and say Swap Diggers, you're like, oh, that could be Caleb's team, you know, if, if once I dropped a video on it. But when you see my name associated with that as well, then they're like, oh, that's, that's got to be KOC because it's also him running those same two mons, right? Like, there's a chance that the third mons is completely something different uh, when it's a different user. But, you know, against some of my opponents, when they see my name, they're like, all right, that's, that's probably him. <laughs> so um, he's probably running this video I just saw. So that's probably the hardest part. But I personally do recommend running. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't be like a content creator team or whatever. But if you build a balanced team, or, or not even balancing, but a team that has play in the meta. Uh, and, you know, I personally recommend just sticking with it because um, it's kind of like honing a craft in some way or form. Like, there, there are times where you play a team and you just lose to a team comp and you're like, oh, well, that's it. But the more you play that team, and especially when the metas are a little bit small, you run to the same team comps. Uh, anytime I get hard countered, I look forward to the next time I face that same exact team comp because... I'm looking for that next that potential win con. And uh, if you keep playing it, you start adjusting and making fine-tuning uh, how you play out specific matchups. Especially in GBL, it's, it's kind of easy because there's just limited three uh, Pokemon that they bring. And uh, a lot of people have similar uh, teams because of that. Um, you can really get good at a team. I think I had a dark double steel team at one point in time in Ultra League. And you would think a Shadow Machamp just steamrolls that team, especially into an Umbreon lead. Uh, but I started finding ways to win it consistently over like 75% of matchups uh, mm-hmm. just because anyone running a Shadowman champion in the lead is probably going to be weak to double seal in the back. So you just you just try to sweep the entire team with a half health of Scav and a <laughs> Melmetal at a shield disadvantage going into their back line. But uh, it's surprisingly how, how many times you can actually do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation as well. I think from a content per, uh, creator perspective, those that do make content... Uh, the best approach is probably dropping videos daily uh, or at least every other day really to help with that YouTube algorithm. I personally don't do that. So uh, it's, you know, it's just a personal choice. But I think that's why a lot of content creators switch up their teams a lot where they feature other people's teams as well to kind of constantly turn out that, you know, new content. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Dino has been running the same great league team for like, what, three seasons? Four, three four seasons, seasons. Like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's been working 
for that many seasons. And it's, it's funny that uh, Caleb mentions that because some people, you know, like let's just say they do well for like four days with the team and they gain like at least 50 to like, I don't know, 200 points a day. And then they do bad for two days and then they get discouraged and switch their team and they lose more points because they did that. I always tell them to, you know, stick with the team. You know, it'll just, that's happened to me before where I go positive four days and I go negative twice and then I go five days positive after that. So it's just like about sticking to the team, like he mentioned. Uh, but for some reason, like newer people, they tend to, you know, be hesitant or they get bored with the team and they just switch. But in order to get to legend, if you're like sort of new or, you know, uh, semi, you know, uh, I don't know, like you're two months into playing PVP. Like, I think there's a few people that are starting to listen to what I, I tell them to stay with like a team. And they're actually like getting to veteran for like the first time and stuff like that. So it, it's something that, uh, you know, you, as you guys can see, Caleb agrees as well. So I'm glad that other people are now going to listen. Now that Caleb said it, now it, it means a lot. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that that Dino guy, he knows, he, he's kind of smart, I guess, right? <laughs> You've been on the right track this whole time. Yeah. yeah. And the thing you mentioned too, as uh, you know, they climb a bunch and they start losing. Uh, I always tell people like, yeah, you're climbing a bunch and then you're going to face more skilled, harder trainers. And, you know, you just need to adjust to their play styles because you're bound. It's, it's probably not even team comp, it's just they're, they're just better at the game for and that's why they're at a higher elo so once you meet them there you need to start you know upping your game as well i actually think in my opinion uh that's probably the best way to learn a team uh so when i test stuff out uh i guess it depends on parts of the season sometimes it might be already kind of up on the leaderboards when i create a team in the meta and i just had to be on my game right off the bat uh, but i don't really practice my teams out like outside of gbl so i just go in there for a few times just it, trying it out because in practice you don't really simulate the same experience um with you know friends or whatever but um you know if you're at a lower elo range or at a like you know at a middle uh, area and trying to climb that's the best way to learn the team because you're facing maybe players that aren't as um experienced or have some of the mechanics uh as down as some people up or on the leaderboard so you have a little bit more wiggle room to make some mistakes but as you climb that's when you as you get to know your team more, you can also fine tune your skills with using the team. And um, if all things go well uh, and the team's well made and stuff too, you can continue to climb, right? Obviously it's going to be slower to climb too, but there's some days where I'm like, yeah, I, I just, I gained like four, 500 points like in two days just because uh, I, you know, I tested out on day one and then on day two, I was like, you know, already, you know, on that groove and uh, able to really uh, capitalize on that. Yeah, and that's actually what happened for me. I, I, gained 530 points in a day during a GBL day. And that was simply because I, I found that team. I made that one slight adjustment, flipped out. I think I flipped out in pole. No, I flipped out Swampert for Lapras in an ultra league remix. And immediately from 2,500 all the way up to 2,530 or 3,030 in one day. So I think that is a great point of just when you, by learning those matchups and honing your skills earlier on with a specific team, you then know. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you get into the more skilled players, how that team needs to work. Uh, that used to be my big case. I was a huge proponent of using Driflum in Open Great League. I was a Drifloom Metacham Lantern for the longest time. And I learned just because of playing out those earlier matchups, Drifloom beats Stunfisk. Yep, definitely. It, 99% of the time, you're going to win that matchup. So I used to jump out immediately into a Metacham, and then they would bring out Azu, and I'm done. <laughs> and then I started learning those matchups, and now I can say the tree has ended my Drifloom's run. Let's just be <laughs> honest about it. But there, I knew all those different matchups. Now I'm learning new teens again, which is always fun. So there is always going to be those meta shifts anyways, when a new Pokemon like Treviant releases and just drops an absolute bomb into the middle of the meta. Right. Um, so going in to um, Master League, um, are you going to, Caleb, are you going to stick with Holiday Cup or are you going to dabble a little bit into Master League or Master League Premiere? Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely look into Master League, Master League Premier, just because, uh, as we mentioned earlier too, there's going to be a time frame where there is no Holiday Cup, so everyone's going to be doing some Masters. Uh, so eventually, uh, <laughs> unless people want to skip that, that's fine too. We're going to skip that. Uh, I know, I know. There's going to be plenty of my patients that don't want to skip that, and uh, I can't be like, well, <laughs> sucks for you. You know, I'm taking that's a break this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I guess, I guess that is a potential option. If you, uh, you know, I learn some advice on a podcast well, but, uh, it's not probably the greatest uh, <laughs> um, actually i think some of them are probably listening to this because uh i saw some of the some of the people asking questions for some of my patrons as well too which nice. is awesome to see um but uh yeah so i'll I'll be working on some stuff as well too uh mass league's not my favorite meta but um i think the other hard part is i just don't have access to all the things that I want to use. Uh, I definitely, especially from Mass League stuff, you, you kind of want to get good IVs to fully invest in them. And it's like, man, that Zation looks strong, but I don't have anything even close to a hundo. So yeah. I can't really do that. Um, I did try Zamazenta last time and it's, it's the far inferior dog in this situation. 
So, so that actually brings up a good question. I know our own Dino does not raid at all. <laughs> okay. Do you have do you raid anymore at all now that you're doing mostly GBL, or do you still go out and do some grinding to get what you need to show off in your videos? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for the, I mean, especially because a lot of the Master League mods aren't super relevant in Great League or Ultra League. Uh, there's a, overall the mass, vast majority of my content doesn't really rely on legendary raids. Um, but I still hit up the raid hours that are good, um, and uh, I'll try to use my daily pass. I say that now, but I haven't done a Kirim raid at all <laughs> since it's dropped. Uh, I tried to do one the other day, and no one wanted to join, so and I haven't <laughs> had a chance uh, today or over the weekend. Um, so there's that. But um, yeah, I, I would say I still I'm, I don't grind nearly as much as I used to, just because uh, between that and like pvping and you know making content takes up a good chunk of my time it's really it's not even just gpl it's like the silf cups and then the other different formats like there's like more and more formats now right i think back then it just was silf and it was just in silf and gpl and now there's you know it's really cool to see these performance like you all mentioned like there's like a rocket cup now there's a lot of things that are you know hosted by different orgs and stuff that may not be the the original like pvp stuff that came out uh, so it's really nice to see, but that does cut into the rest of the gameplay sometimes. Um, yeah. But yeah. So to answer your question, for the most part, I still do. Uh, not, I don't, I'll put it this way. I don't rate enough to make XL versions of these monster level 50. The only one I have of that is the Axis Defense. Uh, but like I mentioned, I play, I play the Ultra League Specialist in the team format. So I do need uh, that in my arsenal just in case I need to bring it out sometime. Nice. I'm going to, I have my, what is it? Hundo uh, Gengar that I find luckily now I have two. Um, one that has uh, Shadow Punch finally. <laughs> they didn't have oh, to yeah. elite TM it. <laughs> <laughs> so, because um, we we were talking about that um, last Master League was um, what for Premier, right? Or no, it would be for regular. It was Premier Classic. Premier Classic um, running Gengar. Uh, in oh league. yeah, we, we <laughs> tried That's it. a spice pick for sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> hey, I won with my great league Gengar because of me not clicking the right things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even know how you won that. Still, it's so yeah. crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> it's still done about sixty-five. Uh, Sludge bomb did about sixty-five percent of a. Um, was token token kiss? Kiss? Yeah. I was completely. Oh, shocked. that's amazing. That's insane. <laughs> that yeah. reminds me. I think one of the almost most impressive ones I ever did. Uh, was I had a setup like a buddy setup to just like add up buddy hearts from battling the trainers, and I had a set in Ultra League variation in one of my you know just slots, and it was I think I had a Cleffa, uh, like an Igly buff and a sh- Shift Tree. I was working on best buddying my Shift Tree there, um, and um, come to think of it, I don't really remember oh because i think ultra league shift tree it, it back before xls you needed to like it didn't even hit the 2500 cap so i was working on that best buddy and i accidentally locked that into open ultra league battle and i almost won that game with the cleffa and igly buff uh they had like it was i think they had a snorlax giratina and something else it might have been like a Cresselia. i almost actually i had to pull off some ridiculous sax off with the baby mons uh the unfortunate part <laughs> is the giratina actually had dragon breath if i had shadow claw i think i'd just win that for sure but um 
I was like, man, if I made that would have been a highlight. But uh, if you would have won I, that, they probably would have quit. <laughs> just they just would have <laughs> yeah. deleted the game <laughs> for sure. Like, they what? probably thought I was trolling. Um, <laughs> I like a little challenge, so sometimes, especially when I like start late into a game because of some lag or my app crashes, like I'm like, all right, I was like, let's see if we could pull this off. But um, yeah, unfortunately, we we're not able to in that specific scenario. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, all right. Uh, so. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for GBL. Um, so let's let's have a little bit of fun and let's. Um, are you ready for this, Caleb? For the factor crap, I know we we kind of briefed you a little bit about this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm ready. I probably will be more crap than fact, but I'm, I'm down to dive in. All right, uh, let's so <laughs> let's go ahead and do Wildcat Dad's Pokemon fact or crap oh you didn't know you're gonna call somebody all right you're on okay so this week we have five more facts or crap so we're going to start out with one of Astro's favorite types with a ghost Pokemon here. Gotharita manipulates children. Fact or crap? Caleb, we'll start with you. Oh, uh, I'm going to say crap on it. I don't know. It's It seems a little too approachable, but maybe that's that's the whole point. It lures them in. Yeah. I'm going to say crap on this one. Okay, Dino? I'm going to say fact just because of like the weird stuff I've been learning about Pokemon lately. So <laughs> Astro, what do you got? I don't remember this one being in my my lure my lures that I was reading to the kids. Uh so I'm gonna go with crap. It is intentionally a fact here. Pretty much the 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 rule of thumb if it's a freaky conversation with a ghost Pokemon, it's true. <laughs> I've, so in this yeah. case, uh, according to its black and white Pokedex entries, it makes friends while controlling sleeping children on starry nights. Mm. Mm. That's, what, okay. that's what I'm talking about. Like, you learn all these weird stuff now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, Dino, you're an anime, anime fan. I brought something specifically for you. It took Misty Psyduck 942 episodes to use the move Water Gun correctly. Dino, fact or crap? I'm going to say fact. Astro. That seems like a whole lot of episodes. And I know it was dumb, but like, <laughs> I'm going to go with crap. Caleb? Uh, I feel like it's probably fact, unless like the numbers fudged a little bit. And it's just like one or two off, but I think that'd be a little too devious. So I'm going to go with fact on that one. It is indeed a fact. 942 episodes for that poor thing to actually learn how to use a move. Dude, that thing was insanely dumb. <laughs> Everyone says Ash was a bad trainer. What uh, What about this Misty? Come on. Right? <laughs> she was a gym uh, leader. I know, She's right? too busy with uh, Togepi. That is yeah. true. Okay. All second stage grass poison Pokemon require an item to evolve, such as a leaf or sunstone. Fact or crap, Astro? Fact. Caleb. 
What do you say the question? It's all second stage. All second stage grass poison Pokemon require an item to evolve, such as a leaf stone or sunstone. So, for example, mm, I got uh, you. Up, going up to Vic, uh, Vic, Victory Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say crap on that one. Okay. Dino? Crap. It is indeed a crap. Yeah. Hey, Astro, what's the um, yeah. first three Pokemon? <laughs> I just Pokemon realized, I just realized That's what it. I was connecting I just on. realized it. First once. thing I thought about was Ivasaur. <laughs> and actually, Ivasaur is the only grass poison Pokemon that does not require an item to evolve. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's an interesting fact right there. Okay. S- super simple one. Zubat has eyes. Fact or crap, Caleb? Oh, um, I'm gonna go with fact on this. It's like it has his eyes closed, but if it's like a real bat, they have eyes. They just don't really. Dino, uh, I'm gonna say crap. Okay, Astro. I'm gonna go with crap too. It is a crap. It actually does not have eyes. It it grows eyes when it evolves into Golbat. Zubats have to primarily and only leverage echolocation for all movement. Mm. Hmm. So right now, Dino is four for four. <laughs> That's <Caleb's> a shocker. <laughs> three for four. And Astro's over here being Astro. Uh, <laughs> new sound effects. I love it. Okay, final one. Meryl can change gender. Dino, fact or crap? Crap. Astro. Well, he's four for four, so I'm just going to say crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump on the what? bandwagon and say crap. Caleb? Wow. I'm going to think of the opposite approach because he's four for four. And if I'm three for four, the only way to go for that tie for first place is if I go different. So I'm going to say uh, fact on this one. It is a fact. Oh, there we go. <laughs> when involving a female Meryl, has a one-third chance to change into a male. Hmm. I had So we have no a tie idea. with Dino and Caleb and then Astros. <laughs> I think you got one Astro? Two? <laughs> <laughs> I got enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so awesome. Factor crap. Good job. Thank you. Good job, Caleb. Thank you. Right. That was a, a a good factor crap. So um let's go ahead and we're going to wrap up the show here with our question and answer segment. Um, you guys ready for this? This is this is the long one. So strap yourself in. This is not really the long part. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So, um So we got a a bunch of questions here, but before we start those questions, I have a question because we had brought this up, I think, on the last episode with um, with Kakuna Matata about teams that we used to run, um, but we don't run anymore. And we wanted to see if they worked. And actually, the first great league team that I ever ran was one of your teams from like the beginning, maybe season one or earlier it was a lapras team um do you have any idea what the rest of that team line was because i couldn't uh, figure it out was it like a sable and altari in the back maybe? i don't think or... it was sable because i don't i wouldn't have had it oh okay um 
Lapras team. So one of my earliest teams, it was like, so I, I actually, it's funny when you say that. It, this was Great League, I assume? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was uh, recently this thing I call like the campaign throwback challenge where I played the first day of GBL running all my old teams mm-hmm. in Great League, like won every battle. I had enough to fit 20. And so they're actually kind of fresh in my mind. But the the earliest one I ever had was probably day one and it was really badly uh, poorly made team. It was a Melmetal in the lead with an Azu in the back and a Lapras. So if I run to fighter lead, I'm kind of in a tough spot. Um, maybe but, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's I a, just that's remember. Cut. <laughs> yeah, I just remember you said to run Skullbash on it, and I was like, okay. yes, <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, because that that mainly for the Azu matchup, especially, is super key. And Ice Beam, it's nice, but you know, uh, Venus was not going to live with Skullbash either. So, gotcha. Well, if you figure it out. Message me because I want to try, sure. try it Absolutely. out again. <laughs> uh, so our first question here comes from. Okay, so now I'm gonna mess up everybody's names. Uh, Quitzel Quitzelcoat, uh, yeah, Quitzelcoat eight one four. They write, "How should you plan for PvP mega forms? Are the forms change? Are the forms changes going to be only?" While used in battle, for example, you could have one Obama Snow built for Great League and then uh, then can also Mega, although the Mega ranking may not be optimal. Um, I don't really know. how. Have, I have no idea like how they would even play that out. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, you can't really use Mega Forms in GBL, so that's not a huge concern. Uh, but you could use it in you know, just friendly battles and stuff like that. I think uh, King and maybe some other people have hosted some type of like mega, uh, allowing mega tournaments, uh, Pokemon and tournaments. They're pretty much all like Master League just because you could really soup up a Pokemon. Like mega and Great League and Ultra League is kind of weird because the CP sometimes needs to be even lower for it to be eligible when you mega evolve it. So you're losing, sometimes you lose a lot of bulk in that process. Um but uh, in those situations, you could bring duplicates. So you could bring, like, technically, you could bring a regular Bombasol and a Mega Bombasol on top of that in the same line, just because there's no species uh, clause for regular battles. Um, huh. Unless, you know, you have a tournament that specifies it, but you can actually bring that. Um, but yeah, uh, they, they seem to have an inventory management problem. Uh, I don't have the best management, uh, best inventory myself as well. So I personally, don't really save like mega rankings. Like there's a way you could look up, you know, what's good for mega Blastoise in Great League or Ultra League. And it's a different IV spread usually than the typical ones. But um, I personally wouldn't stress too much about that at the moment, just because I think Megas probably won't be in GPL or most uh, viable competitive formats for a while. But it's, a, it's fun to have, but uh, it's those things take a lot of balancing to make useful. And they're going to have a lot of restrictions, I think, in place. Yeah, and that would mean I would have and to make, do mega raids and <laughs> yeah. All right, most of my main candidates are from the random quests. Yeah, <laughs> that, that yeah. and I, I I tend to agree with that. I don't think they'll be able to really bring megas in in the current version they have them because they are a time limited item or Pokemon. It would make it really hard to be playable in an actual tournament format, especially if it's any type of an extended tournament. So I, I just don't ever see megas coming to GBL or Sylph at all. I would be surprised if they did cool uh all right so next question comes from our new flow uh he writes um 
you're going to be dropped. Uh, you're being dropped off to an island and was given the choice to pick one Pokemon and one Pogo streamer slash YouTuber to go with. Who would you choose? No easy answers. <laughs> so, um, Caleb, you first. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, if we're dropped off on this island, um, I think the venture goal is to probably get off the island. That'd be fun for like a day or two, but I think we want to get off. Yeah. So I'm thinking in the mindset of more short to middle term, not for the rest of my life with one person. So let's keep that in <laughs> mind, because I think that might change a little bit. Uh, but if it's a short, you know, it's middle term, if we need to just survive, have a good time, or we need to find a way off the island ourselves, um, I'd probably go as speediest chief. Uh, I don't know if, how well you all know Speedy, but um, he's a super hard worker too, especially if you watch his streams and everything. And a uh, really friendly guy. I've known him for uh, quite a while. I think uh, I met him back in Orlando, actually, in 2020 in January for the Megatorm right before COVID started. Um, and yeah, uh, we vibe well together. And um, I think it would be a, a good dynamic, too. Um, you know, if this was for the rest of our lives, that'd be a different story. <laughs> but I'm just going to assume it's not yeah, temporary. the case. <laughs> yeah, temporary. Yeah. And uh, what Pokemon would you bring? Oh, what Pokemon? Oh, I get a, oh, I get to bring a Pokemon, too. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well... I mean, we get to bring a Pokemon. I mean, I, I could just bring a Lugia and we could just fly off, you know, after a few days. I think that's the easiest solution. Um, yeah, if I just go with that. Nice. Uh, Wildcat? So I'm going to bring either Alcremie or some other food-based Pokemon that can sustain. Um, and then I would actually probably bring Nick. Uh, just because he's he's very outdoorsy, he likes to go out hiking, camping, and I assume he knows what he's doing when he's out there because he's you know still around YouTubing now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think having someone that had have a little bit of outdoorsy skills would be helpful in that situation. Nice. Okay, Dino. Well, I I feel like for my Pokemon, I'd be like kind of obvious. I pick Charizard because I can make you know you know fire stuff like that. So. Uh, and then for the YouTuber, I would get the trainer club because he's always seems like Nick. I feel like he'd be really good outdoors. So nice, nice. Um, I guess I would since you took Charizard. I knew one of one of us had to take it, so I gave it to you that time. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I would probably take Blastoise just so that I could get off the island, like going the same route Caleb was going like eventually get off the island like just kind of surf right. on them um and i'd probably hang out with just because i watch a lot of his videos and he seems like a cool guy uh home slice henry i think that'd be nice. fun nice. he seems like a fun person so <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so next question comes from clifford mert um now was this the one that we had to get like clarification on yes okay do you guys want to read the clarification? I'll let Dean go since he got it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give me a second. So I'll read the question and then we'll read the, the clarification on the question. Um, it says, what do you think about the pending metaverse and how Pokemon might be played inside? Also, uh, aside from the gameplay, if blockchains can identify identify digital properties within the metaverse then couldn't caleb for example sell the skarmory from his original double grass line as a non i don't know what that word is fungible fungible thanks thanks guys i love when they put words like this in there uh token um 
I didn't know what any of this meant. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually so kinda... I'm thinking he's he's ready player warning us right here. Ah, okay. okay yeah, I, so I, I think they're referring to um essentially like NFT, so uh yeah, that's actually yeah. yeah. Since I guess he got it, I guess this is where it says like, "Have you guys been seeing the crazy amounts of money that NFTs have been selling for?" And he says the first uh, ever tweet sold for something like six hundred k. That's insane! Like, what the heck? And so he said like, "Unique uh, digital properties have been selling for big money, and it seems to be like there's a lot, there's a place uh, in the space for Pokemon too." So that's I feel like since you know Caleb got the first part of it, I feel, uh, that's what he was kind of referring to. Yeah, um, I think uh, I'd be surprised if Niantic or the Pokemon Company didn't try to shut that down a little bit. Um, just ascribing um, cryptocurrencies to some of their intellectual properties. Uh, I put it this way: I think if if that were ever to become a thing, they would they would capitalize on it first, right? They wouldn't allow other people to kind of monetize their products in that way. I actually don't even know if they're able to monetize their products in that way, but a lot of artists and stuff, they'll turn their digital artworks into uh, non-fungible tokens or NFTs and sell them on the blockchain and stuff like that. So um, so that makes sense. Uh, I, I'd be surprised, I guess, is um, if that ever becomes a thing in Pokemon Go. Um, but um, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But I think there are there are definitely other games uh, in development right now that are trying to utilize cryptocurrency as a form of currency exchange in games. You know, kind of like if you were to have like some type of monster like a Pokemon um, and you want to buy mine, uh, you can pay me cryptocurrency for it and then you now own that. So kind of like Pokemon Go where you trade Pokemon, except there's just monetary value now associated with them. Yeah, and I think Niantic kind of took a hard line on this is absolutely not allowed. Because mm-hmm. uh, if I remember, Brandon Tan got a 90-day banhammer at one point for selling Pokemon and accounts right. at one point. So, yeah, I think I think Niantic has, and TPCI in general uh, really has taken a hard line that selling of digital <laughs> items is not acceptable. Cool. I wouldn't know how to do any of that anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was talking about virtual reality. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Uh, next question here uh, comes from Uncle B. Sud. It's for Caleb. How do you create your custom lines of three per cup or open Great League, uh, like Skarmory, Double, Double Grass, for example? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess it's not like an easy short answer for this. Uh, there, There's not like always a set formula, because I think if that was the case... It's very easy to copy and other people can just do it. Um, and uh, not to say that there aren't other great team builders that definitely are, right? And uh, they have their own probably methods. Um, for me, it takes uh, it's really about experimenting and trying different things. Uh, I This goes back all the way back to the Sylph days, uh, even in season one, where a lot of people right off the bat used to make really balanced teams. So uh, even like Boulder Cup, you build you know a Meta Cham, you bring the Electric, you bring a Grass type, you bring the Skarmories that are really strong in that cup. Um, but for me, I my mindset was always trying to thinking outside the box because I recognize that maybe my mechanical skills or my knowledge of how much energy each move is or how many fast moves it takes to build to those is not up to par with some of the other players. So I kind of out team comp them with some you know psychological mind games and stuff like that. Um, so. 
uh, that's when I started using ABB and like unbalanced lines. Even back in SILF, a lot of people use very balanced lines, kind of like ABC lines in that regard. And you pretty much see that in GBL when it first started a lot because that was the safe way to go. You go into a blind three, you don't know what to bring. So why not bring Altaria as a Reggie, right? Like the top three rated stuff on P-Book for a reason. Um, but as I kept seeing those things, I was thinking, you know, I, I saw a lot of Skarmory double water teams and stuff like that. And uh, recognizing that, you know, McGanion was even able to beat Reggie Steele. Um, and you could just... I don't want to bring double flyers back then because you have an Azu and a Reggie. It's just kind of hard to do it. And then they have their own flying mirror. Like you have like not much to gain off of that. Um, so that's why I created this Garmin Double Grass team to try it out. And it's just far exceeded all my expectations. Um, who knows how long I could have kept going on that win streak for if I didn't <clears throat> if I didn't run to that one alone Marowak. Uh, but um, and there was like no one really using Mobile back then either. Um uh, but yeah, so I think sometimes it's just trying different things and just all of a sudden it's kind of like magic and just works way better than I anticipate. There's other times where I construct uh, out of stubbornness. So I found, this is before XLs, I found a, I got a rank one crustle from trading with someone. So I'm like, I'm going to make this work no matter what. And I kind of forced my hand at it. Um, but I made it work in Ultra League really well, you know, experimenting a bunch and tinkering. And kind of like, really, like I said before, like whenever you have a hard team comp, figuring out how to learn around that. Um, I think uh, some people might try things and they just give up because like, this is not going to work. Um, but sometimes I'm just stubborn. I'm like, I'm going to just keep going at this and see if I can make it. There are definitely a lot of times where I just completely fail and there's never any success with it. And one example is an Ultra League Braid Loom, which no one ever sees. And no one's ever seen a video of me doing it because <laughs> I went on a solid, like maybe like two and 50 run with it. So um, it was very bad. Um, and I think the... You know, the biggest thing is really these days is recognizing how other people think and kind of counteracting that. So, for example, these days, people don't run balanced lines anymore. They run a lot of ABB lines because ABB is really strong when you run into balanced lines. You might not, you know, might not win the lead, which you should always anticipate not winning the lead. And then you have a safe swap option and something to kind of sweep the whole line in the back. Um, but then everyone starts doing the same strategy and everyone starts running ABB. So sometimes it feels like, you're just hard checked every single way through and you're like, what is going on? Um, but it's less so about, you know, matchmaking stuff and more so that you just happen to run into someone else that has the same concept, but they're just creating ABB in the other realm. Uh, so these days, uh, sometimes I make a lot of ABA lines uh, or, you know, sometimes I run more balanced lines, ABC lines, even though they used to not be good. They're really good in the format right now um, in terms of how they play. So I think big thing is just kind of Staying, trying to stay ahead of the curve, which is maybe not the answer, the easy answer they want, and there's not really an easy way to put it. Um, but I think if you really want to be a, a team builder and kind of make unique teams, I think first and foremost you just have to be not afraid to try different things. Um, and you can't be afraid of failure too, right? Like I think every time I lose, I try to take it as a learning lesson. Um, and either the team's just bad, or I just played it poorly, or there's better ways to play it. Um, but I think with that approach in mind, uh, you can really build some unique lines uh, from that. Uh, so yeah, that'd be my kind of word of advice. Awesome. All right. So moving on, we got next question here from Fish on a Heater. Uh, writes, which trainer type uh, from the main series game would you choose to be? Uh, examples, youngster, scientist, swimmer, biker, etc. Uh, let's start with Dino. Um, yeah, so I'm not 
too familiar with like the the class, uh, the trainer class. Uh, I think he actually means trainer class. Yeah, he said type. It's trainer class. Since he oh. made me into a meme, I have to correct him. Right, right. <laughs> fish, fish made the meme. <laughs> yeah, so I had to look it up. Uh, and I think there is there a class, and I guess Wildcat can correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a coach trainer or no? Because I, sure. I think my audio cut out, so I didn't hear what you asked. Oh, yeah. No, I was just asking you if there was a coach trainer uh, for the class. Not that I know of. Okay, so I guess they lied to me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if anything, uh, I would probably say biker. Biker. Yeah. Caleb? Uh, yeah, again, it's been a long time since I played the main series game, so I don't even know if they had this back in silver. Um, but uh, I don't know. Scientist looks kind of interesting. <laughs> so let's I was going to say, you that. have to be an ace. <laughs> best of the best. Come on. <laughs> if that's an right. option, I'll, I'll sign up with that. <laughs> Ace trainer is one of the one of the common classes that you see really tough trainers in the main series. Oh, with. okay, yeah. Let's sign me up for that then. <laughs> Wildcat, look, I have a beard and I'm round. I'm obviously the hikers. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was gonna say. Oh too. god, <laughs> I was gonna go with that uh, with the hiker as well. Um, or uh, what is it, the bug catcher? Bug catcher, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but hiker, hiker fits us that that fits us very well <laughs> is that what you're going with too astro yeah uh that's it's, it fits me uh, okay <laughs> uh next one comes from gravy writes uh if you could create your ideal sylph meta without going into many specifics with bands etc what typings would you include to make it as interesting and diverse as possible I don't know if this is going to be a short question. <laughs> I feel like Wildcat <laughs> is like the master at this. <laughs> yeah, so I would actually go with two sets of triangles. So, you know, fire, water, grass, dark, psychic, bug, something like that. Or dark, psychic, fighting, something of that nature. Put those two triangles together. And then that's where you have to, you know, as, as someone that builds metas, after you get that initial, you know, typings built, then you have to go and start using the wonderful PV pokes website and going, okay, what things are too overpowered in this meta and start having to slowly remove things out to see how you can balance out the meta. So I think having a double triangle meta would be really kind of cool because then you're left of, especially if you could get on the two sides of the triangles where triangle a isn't super effective in any way against triangle B and vice versa. So you have a chance for neutral matchups and super effective matchups all built into one. I think it would be really fun, and it's something I'm I'm tinkering with, is what I'll say. Mm, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Caleb, do you have uh, do you have any typings? Yeah, I don't. Um, well, I guess I did ask specifically about typings. <laughs> um, I don't actually have. A, I guess I don't really have typings in mind. So, um, something I recall to when I saw this question is. Uh, when I pers- participated in uh, Twitch Rivals, they had a set meta for us. And uh, essentially, it was a set of, I think, 28 or so Pokemon. Uh, no, sorry, it was 18, actually. So it's actually smaller than that. Uh, no, no, it wasn't 18. It was 21 or something. I don't know, 20 I think to it was 20. 24. Yeah, 20, I 24, it was 24. Yeah. I probably should know this because I was a part of it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, and we had to build unique uh, six to uh, three teams. So. So 18 of the mons had to be used. And um, I think it was a really well-constructed meta. So props uh, to the people at Niantic who built that um, because 
Uh, I think the only counter user was really Vigoroth. There wasn't stab counter users. Uh, there was nothing that really learned charm. There was nothing that really learned race relief. Uh, besides, like, you know, Meganium, but it's not as good on a Meganium. And, um, you know, some of the really bulky stuff like Azu, Bastion, those things weren't around. And it, it made the meta really refreshing because every matchup was an interesting one. There weren't really a lot of hard counter ones. I think the most hard counter matchup was a Toxicroak into a Hypno, but with that much team diversity, the probability that's pretty low. Uh, but I think those types of metas are super uh, interesting to watch as well, but also play in because there's just times you know that there's something you could probably do in every matchup, whereas it's just hopeless, you know, running a scraft game into a charmer. There's just nothing you could do. And so I think um, that from a player standpoint as well as a spectator standpoint is probably the most interesting metas, uh, which I'm a big fan of some of the meds they had in Sylph this season too that kind of capitalize on that. Um, someone on the meta development team, in my opinion, is definitely uh, a charm hater because there's <laughs> multiple cups where charm is just not viable. Um, Lunar Cup was pretty much all darks because all pretty much all possible charms were banned, which is super interesting. I think House Dark ran a six dark team because of that alone. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think those are probably some of the best metas. Nice. Uh, Dino? Do you have uh, anything? No, I do not. I leave that all to Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to pick my th- some of my favorite typings, and a normal ghost fighting type meta would be interesting, um, just because I would get to use my normal types. <laughs> I'm, I'm nice. sure there would have to be like one other typing to kind of balance it out, but I think they all kind of work, right? Sort of? Yes, yeah, sort of. You have ghosts that would then com- be completely walling both normal and fighting because <laughs> it's it's technically Im- quote unquote immune, so two or four x resist to both. Nice, but yeah, you could you could figure something. You'd probably have to throw dark in there, maybe just to balance it out a little bit. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> all my favorites, all my favorites. Uh, so this one is from Village of Wolves. Uh, wants to know what is on our Christmas lists. Um, so, Caleb, what is on your Christmas list? Or if do you do you celebrate Christmas? That should probably be the that's I a, guess the yeah. PC question. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, uh, my my family isn't super religious, but we celebrate Christmas too, just as a, a more cultural thing. Um, it's nothing really on my Christmas list, to be honest. I think um, I'm I'm not like super old, but as I'm getting older too i'm realizing that you know there's just a lot of the actual things that i want aren't really aren't really items it's just really spending time with friends and family and stuff too so i don't come with from a very big family uh, so it's kind of easy and low-key but just spending some time with some family some friends uh probably what i'm looking forward to the most nice yeah and then really just uh for me like as a full-time content creator now like i don't really have weekends or days off it's just whatever i choose to but it's nice when other people are on vacation because then they're stress free, so it's more pleasant to hang out with and stuff. But then more time, <laughs> so um, so I'm looking forward to that as well because I think uh, you know everyone's in the the holiday spirit in some ways. Nice, awesome, uh, Dino. What's on your Christmas list? Uh, yeah, actually, that's funny you say that. Like as we get older, you like I know that when we were little kids, we'd be excited. And you would have like a list of a bunch of things that you would want, but like as you get older, like you know, your uncles and aunts, they don't really don't get you anything anymore. So you're kind of like, you got to get yourself stuff. Uh, so, I mean, like not, not too much, you know, just your typical clothes and, you know, my, uh, 
my more recent addiction of Pokemon cards. So there's that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Wildcat? I was going to call you a liar if you didn't say TCG cards. Oh, no. You, I, I actually just <laughs> spent some more money on it, so I had to mention it. <laughs> uh, Wildcat? Yeah, I think you know the family time is also a huge thing. Uh, this is probably the first year my daughter's been like super into Christmas, so that's really fun for me. Uh, and then, of course, as Dino mentioned, uh, I've picked up the TCG addiction, so unfortunately I'm doing that now <laughs> so of course that's on my list yeah that's awesome i blame you dean <laughs> <laughs> I, I seagull I seagull you get blamed as well yeah uh, we're bad uh. um this was so my it's funny that he asked this question so my wife asked me like probably like right after thanksgiving what i wanted for christmas and i was just like nothing nothing and she just kept like every week i need a christmas list tell me what you want for christmas tell me what you want for just like so like one day i'm just like she asked me again. I was like, all right, fine. Get me an Oculus Quest 2. Like, not thinking she would actually, like, do it. And she's like, okay. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> so, that's, that was the only thing on my Christmas list. Because it was the only thing I could think of that was interesting that I would actually use, I guess. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, like, I'll get my kids for Christmas this year. So that's all I need, you know? Um, right. It'll be, like, the first year I get them for the entire day of Christmas. So... Instead of having them open their gifts and then rush out the door so they can go with their mom. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> not to get too sentimental and sappy about everybody. <laughs> Don't cry on this. <laughs> I'm not crying. Cry. <laughs> uh, all right. And our last question. Uh, so this one came in like right before we started. Um, good job, Artemis. Uh, comes from Artemis Dragon. Writes, uh, what's up, fellas? Huge shout out to Caleb Peng, aka the meta in demigod form. <laughs> I actually have awesome. a <laughs> I have a question for Caleb and another for the host of BTW. To Caleb, in the pa- in a past Battlecats episode, shout out to Zionic. You mentioned that you feel as though there's nothing new to learn aside from tweaks and Pokemon uh getting added to PvP. Win lead, win switch, soft lose, leads, soft lose, lead switch, bait, etc. Do you feel that uh do you feel that way and do you still feel that way? And if so, why or why not? Yeah, um in some ways, yes, which is why I think some of the newer formats, like the team formats specifically, uh are super interesting because you're not just playing for yourself anymore. Um I think I mentioned it before, like I didn't really even practice for Sylph this month. Like back in season one, season two of Sylph, um, maybe even a little bit of season three, like I would scrim all the time. Season one, like all the time, right? Because there's nothing to do besides scrim with other players. There's no GPL, there's nothing. And uh, the amount of times you prep for these can range from zero minutes to hours and hours of prep work. Um but I think as more people play the game uh, things just get discovered, you know. Like I think it took months of PP before people realized how good of a Pokemon Vigoroth is. And Vigoroth never got buffed or nerfed in any way. It was the same thing. But um, back then, people just didn't really recognize it. You know, same thing like Skullbash Lapras. The first people to use it, everyone was just like, "Why Skullbash?" Right? Like that. It was just kind of like a meme move. I think that people were like, Blastoise learns it and Raichu learns it and Lapras learns it, but like, what's it really going to do? Until people realize you can actually be Azu if you're running Skull Bash and you don't need the Ice Beam coverage as much as you think you do. Um, but those kind of moments are kind of disappearing. You know, once there's a new Pokemon out, and we discussed it, right? Wall Ring's coming out. We were broke down 
all the potential plays it has in every single possible meta that we know of. And we don't even know how good the move is yet. You know, we don't even have all the stats on it. Right. But um, and you know, I think that's not a bad thing because that just means more people are in the into the game and more people are analyzing it. Uh, but it does take a lot of the excitement I used to have with you know in the early seasons of the game out of the picture, unfortunately. Um, so I think things like different formats, uh, like draft formats and team formats, stuff like that, can definitely make things a little bit more interesting. Um, I think of if I were to guess, I think eventually Niant is going to change some of the mechanics of PvP so that because uh, I think it's inherently it's a it's a it's still a very turn based. Um, two-dimensional game in that regard you know you have a lead book when you swap you have a timer you can only do so much in that you know until the timer's up um whereas i think you know that's what i was talking about unite earlier like those kind of games there's there's a dynamic constant change of pace and different thing developing in every single second of the game that could vary from game to game uh whereas pokemon go like you know it's i mean unless you're dropping fast moves like the the play is going to be exactly the same right yeah. in every uh matchup like there's that alone, nine tails never going to be a bastion. Like there's, there's almost no way. Like yeah. you had to hard lag, close out the game for three minutes, come back, and maybe you're, you've lost <laughs> a bastion, right? And just exactly like, it. so I think, I think that's some aspects of it. Um, but something that keeps me refreshed is really bringing on people that haven't tried these different things. Like a lot of people that only GBL, they've never done Silk before, they've never done Show Six. Um, I see a, a lot with my patrons; they're super excited, right? They're really diving in, and they're like. Yeah, I don't even care about GBL anymore. I just want to get good at Sylph, right? And um, seeing that excitement through their eyes is always kind of like a reminder of, you know, how a lot of people haven't experienced the full gamut of PP yet. Um, as someone that's just been here from the very beginning, it's, uh, you know, it definitely, it definitely, uh, it probably is not as refreshing as it used to be. But again, I always tell people like, hey, if you feel burnt out or tired, then you know how to do all your sets. You know, I kind of stopped doing all my GBL sets uh, a few months ago and I don't really regret it. You know, back in the day I was like, I can't miss a single set, right? Like I'm like rushing at eleven PM every night. I'm like, I gotta finish these. Um but uh yeah, but we'll see. I think um I am hopeful that Niantic I think will add some more dynamic aspects to the game. I what I really want to see myself is a two V two format. So like right off the bat, like if the four of us would battle we're each on a team with each other and we face two at once, all of a sudden lead matchups are just out the window because yeah, I might be running a Mudboy into Victory Bell, but I'm paired up with a Skarmory, right? And like, I don't know how the mechanics of that will work, the connection issues, all the lag between four people versus two is a whole different set of issues. But I think in my mind, that would just make the entire game different and more exciting to watch too. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Do you think adding abilities in would actually sh- shift things enough to make it more fresh? I think so. You know, anytime they have like like debuff, buff moves, and all those different things, those are always good additions. I think the, that's pretty much all we have at the moment. Uh, but having abilities again, I stopped at the silver for main series games. I never even really saw abilities ever. Um, but from what I hear and stuff, it definitely could be interesting in that regard. And I think that's why the main series game competitively is still very interesting for people because there's meta changes, there's new mons, there's new abilities, and how you play out matchup. I mean, there's a lot more variability to it from what I understand. There's like critical hits and all this stuff. And, you know, people, I think some people that play the main series games are like, yeah, you can play about one ominous wind boost here, but like in the main series game, like something could crit you and something just take you on one shot and, you know, it's just kind of roll the dice. Um, but I think because that system, even though it's also turn-based, is super 
complex and there's so many different elements to it and items and all those things and breeding. And I think they also bring out two Pokemon usually at once versus each other, right? So you have some coverage as well. Uh, it makes the game more dynamic, which is, I think, what's given longevity to that um, that format and that game uh, series. And yeah, anything that can do that for Pokemon Go, I highly support. I look, you know, look forward to it. And, um, you know, I still love the game, uh, but it definitely... It's definitely not nearly as exciting for me personally as it was when PP first dropped. Nice, nice. Um, and then the second part to his question, um, to everyone outside of knowing basics such as type advantage, uh, what sort of real-world skills do you believe has helped you become successful at PvP? Mathematics, positive mindset, patience, time management, etc.? Uh, Dino, let's, let's go with you first. Yeah, of course. Uh, so the funny thing is like, I've always actually, like, I've always been like, a like I have to see it to learn. So one thing that I've learned, uh, that helped me a lot that actually, actually helped me back in season four, get to legend, uh, was actually watching YouTube's, uh, videos and streamers. Uh, cause it helped me see through like their eye, like how their mindset works and how they play out, uh, different things. And, you know, it's funny because you can compare PV poke with actually having its own meta versus what YouTube and Twitch has its own meta as well. Um, and that's funny. I think, uh, Caleb actually mentioned that because as soon as they, he drops a video, then you see like all his lines. And I'm like, all right, that's Caleb's line. So I'm going to, I already kind of know what to do. And I always tell people to like make sure they keep watching videos because once he drops that that uh, that video, you're gonna see that line a lot and kind of learn its own meta. And you don't see so much of like maybe like the top 25 on PV Poke versus what is actually used on YouTube or or Twitch streamers because they use something like I don't know maybe something like rank uh, 80 and it's meta because they made it meta. So I always like to feel like it's like refreshing, like it helps you uh, grow as a PVPer once you like keep uh, keep watching the videos, and it also helps you understand how they play whenever you see them play live. Nice, uh, Wildcat. I would say short term memory. It it may sound kind of off, but in GBL you're going to get hard countered. You're going to have those sets where there's nothing you could do. You were going one and four no matter what you tried. <clears throat> so being able to quickly forget about those just bad times and start moving forward into something and, and trying to get yourself in a decent mindset. Because if you let one bad set pile up into two, it's easy to spin out into three, four, and now you're a week and down 300 points in ELO versus if I had that short-term memory and going, look, I'm making bad plays because I'm making bad plays. Let's reset and change up what I'm doing versus just thinking it's the game. I think that it really is powerful. I think that's one of the things I've had to purposely work on myself. Nice. Uh, Caleb, do you have anything to, to add? Yeah. Um, I think Wildcat brought up a good point too. I mean, I think all the things that this person that mentioned mathematics, positive mindset, all this stuff, it's really um, important as well. Um, I think it's really kind of how you face adversity is a big thing uh, in competitive play too. Uh, you know, I've watched some people stream as well and you know, there's some really talented battlers out there that uh, are also prone to kind of tilting or kind of getting discouraged after some hard losses or 
Um, I think even more so these days is game mechanical is- issues, right? They're like, that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have, you know, that shouldn't have snuck through or whatever. And then they kind of give up on the match or you could tell it kind of affects how they play. You know, those kind of things are out of our control, right? And so you can only do so much in those situations. And they happen to everyone. I think the reason why, you know, game mechanics and bugs are kind of a consensus a lot of times, uh, at especially at their peaks um, when the game is a little bit buggier is because it affects everyone. So everyone can relate to it. Which means if you think about it that way, yeah, in this situation, you might get, be getting screwed over. But in the next game, your opponent might be. So um, like, I think some people take it personally or take a lot of the frustration on the game. But you know, it's a game we all signed up to play. And you're going to run to bugs. And you either kind of throw up your hands and give up or and get frustrated. Or you say, you know what? Like, screw that. Like, I'm still going to win this game. You know, like, I think uh, one of my most recent streams with my patrons last week, um, my app crashed right when I loaded into the GBL battle. And my my first reaction was like, oh, well, like, now I definitely lose, right? I was like, I hope they don't give me a loss first because the last time it happened, I just got an auto loss in my journal. I, I didn't get a chance back. I was like, I don't even care if I start the game late. I want to at least have a fighting chance here. And luckily, I was able to go into a matchup. I was using a Samrots with all water charge moves into a Lapras, which is absolutely awful. And they were probably three or four ice shards in so i was already behind nine to 12 turns i was like you know and i had two flyers in the back i had a pitch yeah i made us and i was like i don't care like i'm i'm gonna try my best to win this and uh i pushed and still won that game too and despite winning behind uh coming from behind i think if you look at some of the best players in the game too they're they're usually common collecting those moments or you know they're they're the people that keep fighting through even in a situation where you're watching you're like there's no win con here um but they're just you know constantly like you know figuring out everything they can and doing everything they can to kind of make it work. And I think GBL, unfortunately, in some ways has diminished some of that attitude, in my opinion, because you have things like top lefting and quitting out battles. You know, back in the Sylph days, no one really quit out of battles. You know, it, it's both as a kind of sportsmanship thing. You know, you don't just like in a basketball game, you just leave in like the last minute of the fourth quarter. You just play it out, right? Even if you're getting lo- losing and stuff. Uh, but I think some... These days now, I've battled some people and stuff. They just quit out. I was like, uh, that's what it is. If you want to quit out, you could quit out. But, um, but I think people have more of that mentality nowadays. Uh, GBL, I, I get it to save time, right? Like it's it is what it's not a big tournament thing or anything like that. Uh, you don't want to get your sets done, and time is a resource for sure. But I think the big thing is kind of perseverance and really fighting through the tough times, and you know the rest of the stuff you can all work on. Tech- techniques and mechanics stuff but i think uh even with top players that's a big differentiating factor that i've seen awesome awesome all right so that that's that's it um so i um you know before we wrap up um just i had a quick question for you obviously we're a podcast um and you and zionic do a podcast um and you guys actually started probably like a week or two after we started um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and we were actually we were pretty nervous. We we're like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all good. I mean, you all are definitely way more consistent than us. So, <laughs> so you know, it's not it's not just about you know who's running what podcast. Yeah. Consistency is important. Um, so <laughs> you you still drop episodes what once a month, twice a month? Yeah. So we used to do. We actually started off twice a week. And then things got busy. Uh, Zanuck started streaming as well. Um, so he was like, let's just do once a week, which is fine. Um, and then we, 
you know, and we also have kind of a wild time difference. Uh, he's all the way in the UK as well, and he has a fairly busy schedule. He's got two kids to take care of, and you know, he's he's one of the daily uploaders as well. Uh, so his schedule's a little bit more rigid in that regard. So, uh, and and that there's sometimes where I couldn't make it to. So we had a lot of like inconsistencies, unfortunately, because of that, and we would have like one a month or so, and sometimes longer than breaks in that. Uh, but we recently started back up on once a week. Um, last week we actually missed because something came up on his end. But um, but besides last week, we've been doing once a week too. Um, it's a little bit, in my opinion, a little less dynamic. It's just two of us. But <laughs> um, but it's just we just kind of just chill out essentially and hang out on the podcast. No, it's 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 good. Um, w- you want to tell everybody where they can <laughs> find that? Um, in yeah, case they sure. Wanna listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Don't expect the same consistency as this podcast, <laughs> but if you're down and you have some time to kill, uh, it is called the Battle Cats podcast. So Battle Cats, cats with a Z instead of an S at the end. Um, and it's on Spotify uh, as well as uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Play uh, or Google Podcasts as well. I'm actually not too sure about that. Um, so there's that. Uh, I'm actually currently working on another podcast project. So I don't really said this publicly but it's <laughs> fine because we're going to drop it soon uh hopefully our first few episodes are dropping this wednesday we've already recorded five or so of these and we're recording six ones so we're a little backlog but it's fine we would want to just drop a bunch at the moment but it's with myself uh as well as nightwing 114 also known as pgblpp on twitter uh he's the guy that runs the production for uh gpla uh for like the mazer tournaments uh, for Arrow Draft League, all this stuff. So he does a lot of the, he's our producer. Uh, he also chats quite a bit in this um, podcast. And then my friend, very cool guy, Noah, who's one of the more uh, older guys that started, or not older, but he was original guys that was involved in Sylph. Um, but this podcast is not really Pokemon Go related. It's just if you have some time to kill, we just pretty much chat about TV shows, movies, video games, different cultural stuff, and just kind of talk shop and stuff. It's usually a good time. We Our podcasts run at a minimum 90 minutes and they often <laughs> run over two hours of just <laughs> random stuff so you know if you're on that solo grind or you got some time to kill on community day uh feel free to tune into that um but the name of that one is the sinister aglets and uh just be on the lookout on my twitter and stuff um nice for when we drop that but that'll probably be wednesday yeah cool and then um your youtube do you want to <clears throat> plug your youtube patreon you know whatever this is your time let sure, everybody absolutely. know where they can get get a um, hold of you yeah, uh, yeah, no pressure. But if you want to check out some of my other content, uh, it's pretty much at Caleb Pang for everything on Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram. If you're into cat content, I have cats I post <laughs> videos of on there. Um, and uh, Twitch as well. It's at Caleb Pang uh, or slash Caleb Pang after twitch.tv. And then uh, if for, I mentioned this a few times too, but I have a Patreon as well. And this really started because a lot of people asked about my lines when I was working on it. I was like, I mean, like, you're like the 10th person that asked me today. I can't just tell you and not tell the other nine. So I created a service where if you want early access to my strategies and um, I create like lead guides as well. And um, I don't usually stream my own sets when I battle, but I do stream for my patrons uh, just to kind of make it a thing for them because that's really what keeps me doing this full time. So a uh, big shout out to them as well. But if you're interested in some of those uh, behind the scenes content or early access content, uh, feel free to sign up. That's also on patreon.com slash Caleb Bang. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Awesome. And we'll put, mm-hmm. um, you know, get me those links and I'll put them all in the show notes so that everybody has those um, accessible. Yeah, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
dude, thank you so much for, for, you know, taking time out of your day coming in. Mm-hmm. I know like you were like right on it. Like I, I messaged you <laughs> and I think it was the same day. Like you messaged me right back and you're just like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I will say there's some days where I'm not the best with my discord messages, but uh, you call me at a good moment. I, I did. Like, yeah, I was, got lucky. Yeah. See, I got, I, <laughs> I, I, meant I to be. slid in those DMS at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's some other people that sign my DMS, I just ignore because there, there's some weird requests, but this is a very reasonable one. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Nice. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Anytime you want to come back on, hang out, you know, whatever, feel free. Um, you know, uh, you're always welcome on the show whenever. So really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and hanging out with us for two hours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't do the best at reaching out for other stuff like this, but if you ever need me to fill in a podcast or you want to do like, hey, like, what did you do this past year, like a year down the road or whatever, like, feel free to reach out to. I'm happy to do it again. Nice. Nice. Awesome. So maybe I may uh, call you for our one year live stream. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Have That'd you pop fun. in there. Um, <laughs> speaking of, yes. Uh, so January 1st is going to be our one year live stream podcast. Uh, so we're going to do that on Twitch. And then hopefully if I get the YouTube if i have time to get the youtube set up which i say every single week now <laughs> the third uh, week in a row yeah it'll <laughs> it'll be on there it's it's just so my days are crazy um it'll be on there uh and then obviously it'll come out on the following wednesday for people who can't make it um so who knows maybe caleb will pop in for a few minutes just to say hi you never know just saying <laughs> it's called a tea so um all right uh so before we wrap up i want to give a big thank you to all of our patreon supporters uh if you want to support the show you can for as little as a dollar a month which gains you access to our patreon only discord uh links will be in the show notes uh special thank you to our coaches corner supporters jd mojo jojo clifford mert thanks friends 673 eastwood mama climbs schwartz mosh pit 37 uh, our Patreon producers, King Flip, Kittens and High Fives, and King Tom and Matthew Breaker. Our Discord admins, Reyes683, Siegel, and Miami, excuse me, Miami Doc. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at BTWPVP Podcast. Shout out to uh, Artemis Dragon, who pretty much runs our, our Twitter. <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be no posts because I'm terrible. <laughs> We're all terrible and, at yeah, it. Horrible. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, shout out to him for doing that. Uh, you could follow us, uh, on Twitch, uh, Twitch TV, twitch.tv forward slash BTW PVP. You can email us at info at btwpvp.com And then the links to our merch store, Patreon, and our friends over at Palatown PVP will all be in the show notes. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's our show. I want to, uh, thank everyone for listening to the BTW beginner to winner PVP podcast. My name is Chris, a.k.a. AstroZombie954. I am Daniel Magico. I am WildcatDad17. And I'm Caleb Payne. And until next time, good luck and get good.
49 episodes and I fuck up the ending. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. I can't believe, like, I, as soon as I said it, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> oh, um, man. Good job, Astro. Yeah, good that's job. That's what I do. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.